0: All right, everybody. Good morning again. Welcome to One Life Church. If you just now joined us, my name is Rhett. I'm the lead pastor here, and it's an honor to have you join us. Hey, One Life Church family, can you do me a favor? Can you welcome our online church family online right now? Come on, put your hands together. Show them some love. Let them know how much you love them. If you're listening to our online online podcast this morning, we are so thankful that you're along for the ride. You are our family. We love you, and we cannot wait to see you soon. All right, you guys. Hey, we're in a series we're calling Choose Joy, but before we jump into this series today, I want to remind you of one thing. We're in a season right now as a church that we call 21 Days of Prayer. Uh, It happened started last week and is going for three weeks. Why do we do this? Because, my friends, I cannot be a good husband, I cannot be a good father, I cannot be a good friend or a good pastor without God's presence in my life. We need God now more than ever. And so we do this in two seasons as a church. We do it at the beginning of the year, and we do a season of prayer and fasting at the beginning of the year for 21 days. And then this season as a church, We're not fasting, we're feasting. Come on, somebody, can I get a good amen? Finishing out the summer strong before school starts back. I've already gained about 15 pounds through COVID and quarantine. Uh, But anyway, that's a whole other story and another message in itself. It has nothing to do with prayer. I don't even know why I said it. So anyhow, welcome to a church that we believe should be enjoyed and not endured, everybody, where we talk about real life. (laughs) But we're doing this completely online in this season. You can find out more information at olc.church. Every day we are uh, basically on our Instagram and Facebook. Our team is putting out daily prayer focuses. And I would encourage you, if you're not following us online at One Life Idaho, please do so and follow along. And just, man, if you just pray for 30 seconds and just say, God, your kingdom come, your will be done, or I need you, or yes, or just Jesus alone, if you just call on his name for 30 seconds. Every day. I'm telling you, it will change your life and it will change, it will change you guys. I'm telling you what's happening in our world today. I'm telling you, it will. It's God's promise. All right. So I'm very excited, you guys. Uh, over the past couple weeks, you've noticed we've had some guest pastors who have come in and kind of given me an opportunity, honestly, to catch a little bit of mental break. And it's been absolutely amazing that as a pastor, I've been able to get poured into over the past few weeks. And I've been loving every minute of it. And so you've heard from our, one of our overseers. You've heard from a church planner. And today, you're getting to hear from a really dear friend of mine. He's my brother from another brown mother, Pastor Clay Ramirez. Ramirez. And uh, if I'm saying that right, I hope so, man. I'm just a white boy, okay, uh, from Alabama. But i um, so thankful for Pastor Clay. He pastors a church in uh, Jerome, Idaho, and actually has two locations, Jerome, Idaho, and Twin Falls, Idaho. He planted over 12 years ago, two locations, multiple services. He's a mega church over in southeast Idaho, everybody. And um, I tell you, when I met this brother, I met him at a conference two and a half years ago, I believe it was, 2018. And it was one of these guys that I met, and I was like, ah. Uh, Bro, I don't know where you came from, but, like, I'm going to get in your life. You are amazing. He's kind. He's compassionate. Uh, He's huge, but he's a teddy bear. You know what I'm saying? Uh, He's a hunter. I won't hold that against him. No. No. But he's extremely generous, and within our first 30-minute conversation over two and a half years ago before we planted our church, he said, my brother, I want to plant in your church. I want to invest financially into what you guys are doing, and so I want you to know, (laughs) when a brother signs a check for your church plant that hadn't even existed yet, I'm just saying, you know what I'm saying, that's a good brother to have. You are sitting in these chairs today because of men and women of God, like this brother right here and his wife, Heather, who couldn't be with us today. It's because of financial commitment that he's poured into us, that we're here, that life change is happening. Can you please do this for me? We are an honoring church, okay? The Bible teaches us to show honor where honor is due. Will you stand to your feet? Put your hands together. And welcome Pastor Clay Ramirez, everybody. You
1: Uh, you amazing people. I... I'm just honored to even be in this place. Uh, This this vision that God has placed within your pastors is a a part of what God's doing globally. And I just pray that you you just hear and lean in this morning and hear the Holy Spirit move incredibly. He's going to transform you. We're never going to be the same after today. And I am so honored to know these amazing people. They're tremendous people. When I ran into him, all I heard everywhere around where we would have meetups in the Boise area was, You gotta meet Rhett. You gotta meet Rhett. You gotta meet Rhett. I'm like, I'm looking for him, (laughs) you know, kind of deal. Where is Rhett? And we ran into each other in Alabama, of all places. And I'm telling you, strategic relationships happen. I've got another brother over here, strategic relationship, Anaheim, California, sat across the table and just started talking. And now they live in Idaho too. I mean, God does that. And the fact that someone would say, I'm leaving where I'm used to and comfortable and where my family is and come and touch Idaho for Jesus, I was like, I love these people. Because I moved here. From Houston, Texas, because I believed that God wanted me to love on people in Idaho, that, that people who were far from God would know Jesus. And so no matter where you are, whether you haven't received Christ or maybe you're on the verge of or you have received Christ or you're in that spot of where you're, you're wanting healing in your life and God's going to do that, no matter where you're at, God is going to transform your life this morning because you're here. And he can't do it when we're not together as his church. And people are gathering all the world around the world, but when we're together, something happens that's different. And I'm telling you, it's going to change your life. Hey, this morning, my wife couldn't be here with me. She's actually ministering in our church this morning. She actually is a preacher. I'm the, I'm the teacher, and uh, she's way better than I am any day. She's phenomenal, and it's our 23rd anniversary. Here's a picture of our family. I just want to introduce... That's my family, my wife. If you can't tell which one that is, that's my wife. It's the one (laughs) right there in between my daughter and my son. That's my wife, Heather. She's my best friend. We've been married 23 years today. Yes, and she agreed for me to come here. I asked her first. She's my best friend. I said, is it okay? She goes, go and bless that church like crazy. And then my my middle child is beside her uh, on the left-hand side. And then my senior citizen in our family... My daughter on the right, she's a senior this year. I can't believe it. Can't believe it. And then my son, he's 13. He's on the front row. Uh, He's available when he's 18. You know what I'm saying? He's single, but he's available when he's 18. Right now, he's unavailable. You know, kind of deal. But uh, anyway, girls, you can line up when he's 18. Praise the Lord. And he's going to be full of Jesus and he's on fire and I'm so blessed uh, to be here. I just want you to know it's an honor and privilege to serve this church. And I came here to serve, not to be a celebrity. I came to deliver what I feel like God has for you. Isaiah 61, if you would open up the scriptures there, your Bible app or whatever you have. Isaiah 61, verses 1 through 4. And I'm going to read there and then we're going to pray. The Bible says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me. This is a proclamation. This is a declaration uh, of what Messiah would come and do, but what Messiah would come and bring and for us to do. It says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach the good news to the poor. God wants people to know God. God wants people to know him. He wants to be relational father. I was that person who uh, dealt with abandonment issues. My dad left our family at five years old so we had three kids at home. My mom was actually pregnant with my sister, and we lived on the northeast side of town, the poorest community. I know I look pasty and everything looks perfect, and pastors look like they got it all together, but it's because of what Jesus did, this process that changed me so that I can stand up here and help other people that are dealing with the same issues. And I, was, I felt I, had, I was abandoned. I had to become a man, really, at a young, young age. And I thank God for a mom that turned and heard the good news to a poor-spirited person that received the gospel and her brokenheartedness got healed. To proclaim liberty to the captives, look at the next verse, and the opening of the prison to those who are bound. To proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. This is what God's wanting to do. Is that I've got something for you. You've got to get out this victim mindset. I'm going to heal your heart. I'm going to set you free, look at this, and the day of vengeance of our God to comfort all who mourn. I want healing for people who have been mourning. To console those who mourn in Zion. The next verse says to give beauty for ashes. So the areas that have been burned up in my life, destroyed the dreams. The You know, I thought I would be married longer. I thought that I would be married. I thought that I was i um, going to stay in this job, this company, this business was going to make it. My, I thought I was going to go longer in my church. I, I, whatever it might be in your life, I'm telling you, God wants to exchange the ashes, the burned up dreams, and give beauty once again. In other words, make it look like nothing ever happened. And that's why I stand up here today. I look like nothing ever happened, but yet I'm still in a process where he's still bringing beauty. That doesn't sound very masculine. <laughs> Handsomeness for ashes. And look at this the oil of joy for mourning. God wants to take your mourning away and He wants to give you the oil of joy. And it's a joy that's a choice. And look at this the garment of praise, which is a choice to put on every day. For the spirit of heaviness, and there's been a heaviness throughout our valley. There's been a heaviness in our world, and God wants to remove that off of our shoulders. He's giving us this invitation for this, that they may be called trees of righteousness of the planting of the Lord, which means I've got right standing. God has healed me. Now his glory can emulate from me, and I've got a message to share to somebody of what he's done in my life. And look at the the next verse, and then there's another step. And they shall rebuild the old ruins. And look at, and they shall raise up the former desolations. Look at the the plurality is, and they shall. It's shifted from Messiah to those that he changed. It's shifted from Jesus Christ who hung on a cross to those that were changed by the cross. And so then he says, and they shall rebuild the old ruins. What are old ruins? It's people. It's people like me as a child at five, lonely, crying. Where is my dad? It must have been me. In poverty. And they shall raise up the former desolations. Cities that have been ruined. Nampa needs Jesus like never before. And it says, and they shall. That's you and I. And they shall repair the ruined cities and the desolations of many generations. What the enemy meant to do to stop. The lives of people and ruined generation after generation. I have four generations of divorce in my family. My great grandparents divorced each other. My grandparents are the cheats for one another's marriage as they got together. And then my grandmother cheated on my grandfather with another woman. I have a beautiful family. I got a family like yours. It's got crap. It looks ugly. It looks ugly. It's kind of shameful. It's like, man, you know. And, and then my parents divorce. I come from poverty. Nothing. Northeast side of Houston. My, my white side of my family doesn't want me. And my brown side of my family doesn't want me. Why? Because I'm a mix. I'm a mix. I got, I've, got, I've got Texan in me and I've got Mexican in me. And that's where we get Tex-Mex, baby. That's the only way you can get Tex-Mex. And it's the best food ever. So you might as well just fly to Texas and go get you some Tex-Mex because it's worth the ticket. Praise the Lord. I'm hungry. (laughs) I am hungry. And and so God wants you and I to get in the way of the devil's plan of a young person who lost their daddy, a single mama, a single dad who feels like everything's in ruins, that you stop the generational curse. And what a curse is, you know what it is? All it is is a consequence of sin that this, the next generation is dealing with because no one's reaching out to heal. And you can do that through coaching. You can, I'm a baseball coach on top of it. And, uh, and you can coach young people. And the reason why I do it is because I know every one of those guys somewhere deal with some kind of pain. And they need someone to look up to that says, I believe in you. I don't care how much you suck. I believe in you. And I have the worst team possible in the the state of Idaho that I could ever coach. And if you're listening to me, I love you. I don't mean it in that way. Can we pray before I blow the morning? (laughs) Holy Spirit of God, I thank you you're here. I thank you for the most tremendous people I get to do life with, God, this morning. And with humility, Father, I ask you speak to your people. God, speak to me. As you're speaking to us, let me, let me lean in this morning. Hear what you have to say. Ruined the ruins in lives, let them be healed. Let the cities of ruins that laid in ruins be healed. And the generations that have been ruined, it stops today in the name of Jesus. Yes. That we are on board with that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You're on an incredible series called choose joy. Joy is a choice. Today I'm going to talk about that you and I when I serve I'm making a difference. And it's a choice of joy. We often think in our mind, "Oh, if I I'm serving, it's the least most interesting and exciting part of serving Jesus." The truth is is that when I'm serving to make a difference, There's this reward on the other side that we can only unlock when we begin to serve. And it activates a promise that God has guaranteed to every believer that when you begin to walk in it, you you begin to serve in whatever the capacity is. Well, pastor, I'm still dealing with this issue and, and I'm dealing with that. So what? I'm standing up here and God's still working on me. He's ridding things out of me. He's he's ridding prejudice out of us. He's ridding hatred out of us. He's ridding, you know, uh, mindsets. And the Bible talks about strongholds. All they are is ideas that are up against the knowledge and the wisdom of God. In other words, spoken promises for you and I we yet to agree with. And one of the spoken promises that God has guaranteed to us that we tend to not unlock is this idea of saying, that in the choice of serving, there is reward. And it is a joy that is so amazing when you unlock it. That promise unlocks on your whole family in your business, and it's, it, it changes everything. And I'm proof of it. Number one I want to talk about is unlocking God's promise of joy and serving comes from the proper perspective. I want you to open up to Matthew chapter 25. This chapter, when you look at this particular story in verse 20, is really about the joy of serving. And Christians are missing this element because they're like, yes, I want God. Oh, God, deliver me of yesterday. And then like, yeah, God, I want to know that I matter and that I have a calling. And then the break stop. And they're missing the continuing of the book of Isaiah 61. Because when you go through every facet, it has a promise that it unlocks. And Matthew 25 talks about this incredible embracement of the joy of serving. And sometimes we look at it, and I don't think we see the context of what it's meant to do. But I want to read verse 20. It says, here's the story of this master. And he deposits to three different men. And they're, they're not just servants. It's a reflection of relationship of master being God, the father, and these servants being literally sons or daughters of the kingdom. And he's explaining that he gives five to the first person talents, which is just a measurement and a weight of a particular wealth. So if it's gold or silver and whatever it might be. He gives them a talent, a gifting. He gives 5 and 2 and 1. We some of us know the story, we've been raised up in it. And the first two respond in this way. So he who received 5 talents came and brought 5 other talents saying, "Lord, you've delivered to me 5 talents. Look. I've Look at the excitement. This is how the Bible's supposed to be read, not like this. So he who received 5 talents Came and brought five other talents, saying, Lord, you delivered me five talents. (laughs) I've gained five more. No, no, that is the church that doesn't have life. Amen. That doesn't have life, speaking it as if, Oh, I suffered. You know what my suffering for the Lord was yesterday? I got on the Boise River and floated that sucker for six miles, put my hiney in a tube and got it all wet and floated all the way down, said, I love Idaho. I love Idaho. I love Idaho. I mean, it's really rough serving Jesus in Idaho. I don't know. We don't have snakes. Every, every water I get into, nothing's going to eat you, bite you put poison in you, drag you under, and jaws you. You know what I'm saying? I mean, this sounds stupid. My first time driving up to Idaho, we stopped in Colorado, and I asked my wife this when I walked up to the lake. I said, is there any alligators in here? (laughs) I mean, I should know that nothing like that is below, like, a certain level of the continent of the United States, right? But no. I'm like, dear God, is there an alligator? (laughs) Why? Because you got to worry about everything eating you, biting you, poisoning you, something, or jawsing you down in the water. You know what I'm saying? And we come here, and it's like, dear Lord Jesus, come on. It was always, I love McCall, Idaho. I love it. White beaches, really tough serving Jesus there. A little bit of city. You can have dinner. Ice Cream Alley, you know what I'm saying, all the above. How can you not love Idaho? Anyway, I'm going to get back to the focus of this message. But what I'm trying to say is it's not rough serving Jesus. There's joy in serving Jesus. That's what I'm trying to say to you. And so he says this. Look, he's excited, and he says, I've gained five more. Like, you've entrusted me to serve and make a difference for this world. You gave me five. I multiplied what you gave me. I got it in my heart what you wanted. And look what look at what he said. He said, Then his Lord, who is God, saying, Well done, you good and faithful servant, you were faithful of a few things. I will make you ruler of many things. And key term here is enter into the joy of your Lord. And he says that to two guys. And so God He gives an investment of you knowing him, getting free in him, right? Knowing your calling. But you miss the unlocking mechanism of the joy in serving if if you don't unlock his promise that's available to you and I. And some Christians walk around like this. Serving God is just so tough. It's so (laughs) tough. I don't know the Jesus you're serving. So you must not be serving him. And this is what scripturally it says. It says two out of the three did it. One out of three missed it. One out of three were missing it. And this is what the other one got. Verse 24, then he received the one talent, came and said, Lord, I knew you to be a hard man. This is the one with the one talent. I think I'm a one talent person. Some of you in here, you think, well, I don't have very many talents. Neither do I. Do you know preaching wasn't one of them? Sucked royally. Like, I can't even communicate. I would it, and I would look frightened to be in front of people. But when you start serving, he starts depositing. And it unlocks what's inside of you you never knew was in you. And I'm telling you, then this man said, Lord, I knew you to be a hard man reaping where you had not sown, gathering where you haven't scattered seed, and I was afraid and went and hide your talent in the ground. And look, there is what, what is yours. And so God, when he makes an investment in you and I, he's wanting a return. If you're a believer, God is wanting a return from it. Too many believers are sitting on there, you know what, And they're not doing anything with what God's given them. And they're like, I'm this, and I'm whatever. And and then they live a selfish life, and they don't change the world, and they never enter into the joy of the Lord, and they don't ever unlock that next mechanism. This believer in Scripture believed he was getting taken advantage of. That's what he believed. He believed he was being taken advantage of, and he believed Jesus was trying to get something from him. And the truth is, Jesus isn't trying to get something from you and I. He's trying to get something to you and I. I'm telling you, your pastors and leaders and dream team leaders, they're not trying to get something from you. They're trying to get something to you. The Father wasn't saying, I've given you one talent so you can be burdened with this burden. He gave you the talent so you can discover on the other side of it that there is great joy when you serve God and you make a difference. Because when you see that one kid who was broken... Had the identity issues. I had a senior, uh, junior this last year. He opened up his whole heart. I took on this job for that reason. I had a few minutes with this young man. He's like, my parents are getting divorced. This is happening, whatever. I got to pray over that guy in a public school, right after school, during a baseball practice. And that young man is just opening up his whole life to Jesus. That's what it's all about. And you, can you imagine the joy on the other side was like, man, this is why I do what I do. Not that I needed another job. That's the last thing I needed. I was just like, yeah, this is why I do what I do. And so it's so critical that you and I get that God wants to get something to us, and he's interested in a return on investment. In fact, the third person who didn't bring a return on investment and didn't get this never entered into the joy of the Lord, and what happened? They were It said, bind him hand and foot and cast him into outer darkness where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth. And, yes, I'm freaking out the church of Jesus Christ because that's the word. And that means you think, some believers think this. They think, oh, if I get saved, I don't really have to do anything. (laughs) James clarifies this and says, if you have faith and you have no works, it's dead. Jesus said, you go to hell. And I, and I didn't say it. And you know, please, if you're a new guest this morning, you. would you come back? This guy's way better than me. And you know, he'll be like, "Well, Pastor Clement, this and you know." God, no, I'm telling you what Jesus said. And so, your pastors, your team leader, your boss, your dad, your mom, whoever. They're never going to give you the applause you're seeking if you're looking at it from them. You have to wait for the applause of heaven and get the right perspective because perspective is everything. My joy is full when I'm focused on the applause of my father. My joy is full. And look, Jesus paid such a high price for it. I'm telling you, he paid such a high price on the cross. It's my joy and pleasure to do anything he's asked me to do. I'm going to do it with all my heart. Number two, I want to encourage you with this. Refreshment comes from making a difference. (laughs) Refreshment comes from making a difference. It comes uh, with joy. It comes with, yeah, I'm doing the purpose of God. The story in the book of John, chapter 4, talks about Jesus, and it's so awesome. I love Jesus. He, He is on his way to the Samaritan region. His disciples are like, what are we doing taking this route, right? And they're like, we shouldn't be here. These are like... They had so much prejudice inside of them. And Jesus is destroying their prejudice. He stops at a well and they go out to go get Taco Bell for him because they're hung- they're hungry. That's the worst food you could. I mean, I don't my bad if you like Taco Bell. But I'm Tex Mex. I like gotta have good food. You know what I'm saying? Mm. I'm not hungry, I'm good. And so they go out and get takeout for Jesus. And he begins speaking to this lady, and he just unravels everything that's happened in her life. Every marriage that's been broken, I'm living with the guy now. I have no hope. Instead of beauty, I have ashes. My generations are destroyed. And Jesus just speaks life into her and says, I can take you just as you are. I'm I'm the living water that you're really wanting. This well will never quench your thirst, but I am the well that you need to draw from. And then that lady is like, he's the Messiah. The disciples come back. And he says, I'm not hungry. They're like, what? Who fed him? Taco Bell. Right? And Jesus says a statement. My nourishment comes from doing the will of God who sent me. And, man, when you do the will of God, it nourishes you. Fulfillment will always come and nourishment will always come when we are serving other people. Number three, and the last thing I want to share with you, is rewards come from making a difference. I think we forget this category. God wants to reward you and I for the difference that we're making. And he says this, verse 35, of the same story. There's four months between planting and harvest. But I say, wake up and look around In other words, people are all around us to make a difference, and they're ready to receive me. The fields are ripe for harvest. Next scripture. The harvesters, look at this, are paid good wages. In other words, the reward that awaits those who open up my promise, on the backside of it is a reward far more than you could ever imagine. That that your retirement plan could never satisfy right, that your business, turning it over to someone else and saying, oh, I'm done, could never satisfy. And he says this, I'm going to pay you good wages, and the fruit that they harvest is people for eternal life. What joy awaits both the planner and the harvester alike. When you make your focus that the applause you're waiting for is your Savior, it changes everything. I don't look at a man I served a pastor for 10 years uh, before I ever planned a church. I never looked at him as being the person that I was serving. I was doing it unto the Lord. And as I did, I was receiving the applause that I needed in my life. And as a pastor, I'm telling you from this from experience, if I lived on the applause of my congregants, I would have quit 18 months into this process. Because they slaughtered me (laughs) most of the time in the first three years to five years of my life. Every other Monday, I want to quit. I'm just being real. Every other Monday, I want to quit. Why? Because it's not easy. It's hard. But I think about the wages on the other side. Don't let the negative experience stop you from unlocking the promise that's right on the other side of it. If I put my attention on the one that wants to say, well done, it changes everything. And I get the refreshment in the meantime, right? And I get the reward. I know it's ahead on the other side. And I'm like, oh God, I can't wait for that moment. It's coming my way. So when I serve, I make a difference. Isaiah 61, verse 5 through 7. And I need some help on this. My son, will you give me my pack? Single, but not available. (laughs) <laughs> He's 13. He's the Bible says don't awaken love too early, parents. So you know what that means? You're careful. You're careful, you know? I want you to see this scripture. This is the other side, of verse 5 through 7. Foreigners will be your servants. This is what this means. When you get, it's all about repairing ru- ruined cities, then what's going to happen is, God's gonna bring people alongside you to accomplish vision, and foreigners will be your servants. I'm from Texas, I'm a foreigner. Californians are coming to Idaho. Native Nampians, is that, if that's a word, Nampians, <laughs> right? Uh, whatever, wherever you're from, Idahoans, Idahomies. <laughs> they will feed your flocks and plow your fields. This is what's saying, this is what's gonna happen. You're going to do it together, and you will be called priests of the Lord, ministers of God. Next verse says, and you will feed the treasures of the nations, feed on the treasures, and boast in their riches. And instead of uh, shame and dishonor, you will enjoy a double share. This is the reward. This is the promise. Unlocking. Boom, 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 boom. Ready? Next, Next scripture. And you will possess a double portion of prosperity in your land, and everlasting joy will be yours. This last year, I drew the ta- dream tag of my life. I shot an 8 by 8 bull. It's taken me 23 years for an opportunity to draw this tag. I put in every year. I got to hunt with my son, most amazing part of the whole trip. I put that bull down, and I was like, God, you're amazing. Cut it all up, lots of work. I went, dear God, what am I thinking? I put a hindquarter in and I put a back strap in this thing, carried it four miles, literally up a mountain, down, round and down and up. And uh, when I got to the top, I was so exhausted that I thought our four-wheeler was a bear. I said, Daniel, those looks like eyeballs. And it was a reflection. I was so delirious and like tired because... of the the days before. I was exhausted. I got to the top and put the animal, drove out six miles on a four-wheeler. I was shaking. I saw my family at the end. They were so excited for me. But can I tell you something? There was a moment where I just kind of wept, and I was like, I don't know. I told my wife, I don't know if I can get that bull out. I don't know if I can. She's like, Clay, it's going to be okay. You're going to get him out. And I came to my senses and I said, I'm going to call my brother. I'm going to go get the horses and I'm going to bring him back. I called my brother and I said, I can't pull this dream out of this mountain. Can I borrow your horses? He said, not only can you borrow them, I'm going to bring them to you. And I, I'm going to help you get them out. And it's going to be Okay. And I've carried bulls out for other people. I carried his big six point out on my back down a mountain. I was there with him when he did it. But I'm telling you, there are some dreams that can't be accomplished. The weight is too heavy. The dream is too big for one person, 10 people, 100 people. It's going to take thousands of people to accomplish the dream that God wants to do in one life. Because it's too heavy for a few, and I'm just trying to encourage you to unlock a promise Jesus has for you, that it doesn't matter what it is, but that you would do it. This church is asking 12 days, Sundays, out of a year, could you serve in some way? Because they're not trying to get something from you. They're trying to get something to you that will unlock a promise for the future. You'll be like, it's so worth it. And instead of the load being on one or a few or ten or a hundred people, the load will no longer be on a few. It's on the many, and it's light and easy, and we go change the world for Jesus. Come on, let's pray. Father, I pray right now. Everybody within the listening of my ears, God, or listening of my voice in this message, whether online or right now in this service, I'm asking for transformation. Where they once said no or made excuses, I pray they unlock the promise, God, of joy on the other side of making a difference, that they see the refreshment that's available. They see, God, the joy that they're supposed to receive from you, God, that they can never get an applause from someone else. And God, I pray in the name of Jesus, They see there's an everlasting joy awaiting them. When we see the ruins of people's lives transformed, when we see, God, a city, Lord, raised up for Jesus, and we see, God, generations that were all leading to hell but stopped because we got in the way. And, Lord, I thank you. What a reward that is just to see people enter into the kingdom. And the fact that you would exceed that and do something else is extraordinary. And with everybody's heads bowed and eyes closed, Maybe you don't know God. You've never given your life to Jesus. You haven't started with that first step. And you want to make Jesus Lord. I'm not going to embarrass you. But if that's you, and you want to give your life to Jesus, just so I know who I'm praying with, or you're online listening, would you just lift up your hand? I'm going to lead you in a prayer to receive Christ this morning. If that's you, would you lift up your hand right now, just so I know who I'm praying with? Thank you, Lord. Yes, thank you. Awesome. Best day ever for your life. Would you put your hand down for me? Let's pray, church. If you're listening online, let's pray together. Say, God, today, everybody in this building, today, I give you my life. I'm sorry for ever living life without you. From this day forward, my life is yours. Today, I confess that Jesus Christ is Lord of my life. From now on, I ask you, guide me, lead me. Lord, take away my pain. Help me to settle my yesterday, to embrace tomorrow. And whatever you want to do with my life, I'm going to do it. Thank you. I believe that Jesus Christ is the son of the living God. And I In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Come on, One Life, can we give these wonderful people a great big hand?